is, is presented in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We leave here touched and changed by your word, and we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Amen, 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 amen. The passage I'm about to read uh, to you uh, takes place in, of course, uh, uh, Exodus when the uh, Hebrew nation, the Hebrews were in bondage for 430 years. Uh, and when I say in bondage, I don't mean uh, just when we say in bondage, you know, like, well, they were uh, under house arrest or they wanted, no, they were slaves. They were, they were on work farms. They were making bricks out of straw and mud that they had to uh, put together. They were, you know, these, these were bad times for 430 years. It wasn't like what we think of uh, in, in, in a moderate sense. So for 430 years, they're, they're in bondage and slavery. Uh, I, I sound like I'm in a barrel uh, up here. And uh, in, anyway, uh, and, and y'all know the story about Pharaoh, how he had uh, uh, kept them and Moses went and you have plagues that God brought against uh, the Egyptians and against Pharaoh. And finally, Pharaoh decides that he's going to turn them loose. And he turns them loose, and uh, they estimate that there were 600,000 men, but with wives and children, that, that jacks up the number to probably somewhere a little over 2 million Israelites who were leaving Egypt, and they were gone uh, into the Promised Land to take that place and that land that, that, that God had promised to them. And um, so this is where this story takes place. And, um, and I'm going to read, uh, starting in Exodus 13, actually uh, in verse 17. When Pharaoh uh, let the people go, God did not leave them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said if they faced war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. Now, we know what this is building up to, where the Red Sea is parted so that they can go through. Okay? The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. Now, here's today's passage. Listen carefully. After leaving Sukkoth, Sukkoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar or a column. That's what they mean by pillar, a column of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by day or travel by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Now, dear ones, let me ask you a question here. Have, have you ever taken a trip or a journey in your life where you're leaving one time, one space, one area in your life, and you're going to another one? Let, let's break it down a little, further, a little lower than that. Have you ever taken a journey or a trip for a month or three weeks, even a vacation, if you would? And in that trip, while you're getting ready, while you're packing to go for that trip, while you're preparing and while you're thinking about that, has anyone ever asked you, who's going with you? Are you taking anyone with you? When you're on that trip and you're in the midst of that vacation, or you're in the middle of that journey, uh, uh, 
Have you ever had a, in that journey a time when, let's say, a car breaks down and you've commented to, to your spouse or to the, to the ones there and you said, you know, man, it sure would be good if old Joe was with us because, you know, Joe's a mechanic and, and our car just broke. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I see a lot of heads doing that, you know. Or, or you're out at the beach and someone gets stung by, a, by a, a, one of those jellyfish and you say, man, if, if old Helen was with us, she's a nurse, she sure could have helped us out. Um, how about you riding around at night? Have you ever been there? And, and, and there's someone who's following you too closely. And you say, man, I sure wish that Pete was with us because Pete is a policeman. And we sure would feel secure if he was with us, okay? Who's going with you on your trip? As we look at this new year that we're approaching, 2015, this new era, this new time, this new space in our lives, have you noticed how we always look from the 1st of January through the next year, calendar year, from different perspectives, we will normally look at it as like, okay, I'm, we make these New Year what? Resolutions, which we never keep and we never do. Not. But we look at it as a fresh start, the beginning of a new time, the start of a new journey in our life, okay? It's like, okay, last year I did all that, but this year I'm, I'm telling you, June, this year I'm going to do this. I'm doing it. There. Have you been there, okay? And you say, well, okay, I'm going into this time, into this journey, but if you don't plan, if you don't think about it, if you don't bring the right stuff with you, and if you don't bring the right people with you, and in particular the right person with you, then you're not going to, you won't succeed. You'll have the year just like you had last year and the one you had before that and the one you had before that. So this is our opportunity to enter into a new place, into our promised land, into our thing that God has for us, okay? And it's our choice what we do with it and how we enter it and who we take with us. Now, we just read and we just went over the story in today's passage that the children of Israel are, are beginning this exodus from Egypt, 400 years in, in, in bondage as slavery, 430 years, entering into the promised land, about to cross the Red Sea. And God says, I want them to succeed. I want this to be good for them. I want the entire creation. I want all of the world to see that I am part of this and I'm going to send them this, this, this protection, this fire and this cloud, and, and, and it's going to give them protection. It's going to give them direction, and it's going to be kind of like a divine GPS. Y'all all have GPSs? You know what a GPS is, right? We're going to have a divine GPS here, okay? So he provides what is called a theophany. How many of you in here know what a theophany is? Okay, very fancy word. You want to know? A theophany means simply he provides them something that shows them tangibly, something they can see, something they can touch with their senses, the presence of God. It literally means a, a manifestation of the presence of God, okay? Let me give you a couple examples of that. When Moses was at the burning bush and the bush just in flames, that's a theophany, the presence, the manifestation of God. When the young men were in the furnace, Daniel and, and, his, and his buddies were in the furnace, and there they looked in and they saw an other, like an angel, in there. There was a fourth one in the furnace. That was a theophany. That was a manifestation of the presence of God. How many of us in here need a theophany as we enter in 
to 2015 in our lives. A visible sign that's undeniably God that unifies us as his people. Something that gives all of us hope that we can continue in the harsh journey, in the road that we have ahead in the next 12 months. Something that gives us assurance that we've heard from God and that God's presence is with us. And something that will give us direction that if we follow that theophany, if we follow that manifestation of God, that we know that it will go well for us. In our case, it probably won't be a pillar of fire or a, or a column of, 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 of clouds. It was for the Israelites. Who can use a theophany in 2015? Every hand in here ought to go up. For direction, for protection, for your divine GPS, okay? Now, as God's people, as we enter in to 2015, as we enter into this new time, in this new journey, as we cross over our Jordan, as we enter in, we're now, right now, today, we're on the edge of that desert as they were. And we're looking into 2015. As God's people, we take our lesson from this scripture. What should we do in, in preparation and what should we do in the year coming? I believe, dear ones, first of all, that we should look for his presence we should look for his manifestation and for his guidance and divine leadership in all things, not just in select things, but in all things in our life. We should look for God's divine leadership, for that theophany, if you would, in our jobs, in our homes, in our relationships, and then it will go well for us. You see, God did this for a purpose he knew that the Israelites were about to take a 40-year trip. He's God. He knew what they were going to do. And every time they griped and complained and failed, they took another lap around the desert. Remember? A trip that, that, that theologians estimate should have taken about two or three weeks took them 40 years. That's like leaving here and saying, I'm going to go to Houston. I'm going to go to visit Gary and Janine in Sugar Land. And that's a three-and-a-half-hour trip. And it takes me three weeks to drive to Sugarland. I had a cute story to tell you all about that, about my grandfather. My grandfather, uh, they finally got a vehicle. It was an old 52 or 53 Chevy truck, the kind with those portholes on the side. Remember that? The cab bent around in a circle. And there were two holes, kind of like a boat, around the back of it. And it was, it was, it was, it was a gear shift, the three on, on the column like this. And, and they were so used to horses and wagons that my cousin told me the other day when he'd go to stop, he would put the clutch in and the brake in. He'd go, whoa, like it was a wagon. Well, my aunt, they would go visit my family in Galveston, Texas. My uncle was working at Todd Shipyard there. And they would go to visit, and they would leave early in the morning, okay, like dark, to go to Galveston, Texas. And it was dark when they got there. Because my grandfather was just such a slow driver. That's where I get that from, Brother Kirk. He, was, he would drive so slowly, and they would stop at every place along the way and buy my aunt. She was a young kid then, and buy my aunt an ice cream cone. And they said when they got there, she was covered with ice cream from her head to her toes. And they would say, what time did you leave? And it was like 4.30 in the morning they would leave, and it was 7 or 8 at night when they got to Galveston. Can you believe that? You see, that's what's going on here. God says, hey, guys, this should take you all three weeks, but I want to provide for you what you will need because I love you. And so he provides this pillar of fire and this pillar of 
clouds. But we need in the coming year to look for that in our lives so that we can follow his leadership. Have you ever been in your life at the edge of a desert, about to enter into a completely new place, a scary, hostile thing in your life? This new time, this new space. As believers, we should always remember how precious his presence is. Remember, church, listen to me. Listen, dear ones. With him, all things are possible. Without him, the smallest things become mountains. Please hear me. Please hear me with that. How many of you know that in the military, we've got some military guys in here, ex-military guys, raise your hand. How many of you know that in the military they have scouts and they have point men? The scouts are the ones who go out and they scope out what's ahead. They, 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 they look and they, they, they see where the enemy is and, 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 and all. And, and they send them out hidden so that the enemy doesn't see them. And then they come back and they report and then the soldiers go forth. Is this correct, Brother Daniel? The soldiers go forth and these platoons go forth with a point man who is the one who's up at the front. He's the first, first one to get shot at. And he's gone forth in this mission but he knows what's ahead of him because the scouts have gone out. You see, that's what this pillar of fire and this pillar of smoke was because it says specifically there that it was in front of the Israelite people, of the Israeli people, of the Hebrew nation. It's a picture of what God was doing with them and what God wants to do with us in the coming year. But it starts with us, not with him. He's waiting on us to say, Lord, I want you to be part of this journey in 2015. He's not going to force himself upon you. But if you invite him in, he will be your cloud and your fire. He will be your miracle in that time of need. But you've got to ask him. You've got to pray. You've got to fast. You've got to use his word and his spirit. So I have a question for you, a 2015 New Year question. Listen to it carefully. Who do you want to take on your journey in 2015, and will you follow his directions? It's, it's real, real simple. Who do you want to go with you, and how much do you want him to be a part of your new journey, of your new time, your space called 2015? Secondly, from this story, I think we can, we can learn as, as his followers, as believers in Christ, to trust him when the journey gets tough. Listen to this in that passage. If you pick up on this, the pillar of fire to guide them on their way by night, a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel. Now, did you ever pick up on this? So they could travel by day or by night. Now, now think with me for a second, church. Understand this. Roughly 2 million people in the middle of the night and God, through his cloud, and through his fire, see, see, listen, listen carefully. Here, here's something that I, that I forgot to tell y'all. When the fire lifted, they had to follow it. And it wasn't like every third Sunday at 9 a.m., the fire is going to move, so get ready and have all your stuff packed. They didn't know when the cloud and the fire was going to move. It says by day or by night. Now, can you imagine... It's 3 o'clock in the morning, and you're part of this nation. There's roughly 2 million of you. 
you have a portable church like this, let's say this building, and all of a sudden you hear the rumble and people are, are, are screaming and hollering and they're saying, get ready, get ready, pack your stuff, get ready. And you've got to undo this building. You've got to let all of your friends, all of your relatives get everything ready and you've got to start moving at 3 o'clock in the morning because you know that if you don't, you no longer have his presence and his power and his protection and his provision in your life. Now, now think with me about that for a second. You know, you're, you're laying in bed. It's, you're tired. You have just traveled 20 miles with all of this luggage and your whole family, and they wake you up at 2 or 3 in the morning and say, pack it up. Grab the lady, pick up the baby. Here we go. And you say, oh, no, not again. Yes, again. Because God wants us in his perfect will when times are tough, no matter what time it is, no matter how hard the road is, he wants you in his will, in his timing. Let me tell you all something. My first 12 years working on the railroad as a locomotive engineer, I moved 10 times in 12 years. 10 times in 12 years. I'm talking, I, I would just get somewhere and I'd get bumped and they needed a fireman over here and I'd have to come here. A fireman is an apprentice engineer. And then, and then they had a veto job. That means a job that has to have a fireman or, or on it because it's dangerous in the plants. I'd have to move back to Texas. Then I'd move here. I moved to Texas. I moved to Houston for about six or eight months, and they needed some firemen on the main line. I had to come back to Lafayette, and I stayed here. You know what I'm talking about, Miss Pauline, and come back. What, ten times, my nickname should have been the Hebrew engineer. Ten times. After a while, it was like, oh, no, my goodness. I wanted to just live out of a suitcase. How many of you think in this coming year that just maybe you might have a little rough journey? You might have some bumpy roads. Wouldn't it be nice to know that all, however bumpy the road gets, that you have a, a column, that you have a pillar of fire, you have a column of cloud to protect you, and you know that that means his presence in your life. Come on, how many? We live in Louisiana. Is the water going to rise? <laughs> Come on. We, we live in Louisiana around June. Is it going to get hot? Sure. How many of you know in your life, it's going to get tough. In the coming year, we, it's, it's not going to be, you know, have you ever talked to someone and say, you know, I went this whole year, 2014, not one bump in the road, not one problem, not one argument. We, we, we smiled at each other the whole year. We just, we, come on, guys. How many of you know that's just not true? Okay. And we need the presence of God. We need that pillar of fire and cloud. For 2015. Here's your second question. Okay. Who will you trust. In those bumpy roads in 2015. Lastly. From this story. Listen to this one carefully. Because we're famous for this one. We're famous for doing this as Christians. L listen to me. Never lag behind. Or move ahead. Of the cloud of his presence. Never in 2015. Dear ones. Listen to me lag behind or move ahead of the cloud of his presence in your life because if you do you will be moving out of his protection and his anointing and his presence in your life 
The key word there in this little, little part was neither the pillar of cloud or day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place, its place in front of the people. Key word in front of. God wants to lead you. Remember, God is God and I'm not. Say it with me. God is God and I'm not. Okay. He wants to be God, but when you move out from that cloud of his presence and you start doing things in your strength, in your timing, in your way, guess what happens? You get it in your way, in your timing, and in your strength. And guess what happens? It usually doesn't work, and you pay a high, high price. And then you fall, and every one of us say, Lord, why did I go out? Why did I do this on my own? Why am I doing what's here and everything? Well, you moved out from his cloud. You moved away from his presence and his anointing in your life. How many of you know the feeling? Listen, how many of you know the feeling of knowing that in, you're in the will of God in your life? Have you ever experienced that in your life? There's nothing better than that. It makes the impossible possible. It makes the complicated seem simple. It makes the mountains melt like wax. But if not, there is also another fruit that you'll get. If you move out from under that cloud, if you lag behind when God is moving, if you move ahead of God, have you ever told someone that you know that or told your pastor that, I think I moved ahead of God? Have you? Oh, man, it's not a good feeling. Well, there's a fruit of that. Listen to what the fruit of that is. You're on your own, and so you set the stage for self-motivation, for self-gratification, and self-congratulations. And all of a sudden, you think you're something. You might even have a measure of success. And then all of a sudden, you enter into pride. It leads to pride. It sets the stage for attack of every kind. You know the lone sheep scenario? You know, so the, 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 the one sheep that leaves the group and goes off by himself? Guess what happens to them? They get eaten by wolves. <laughs> they get killed, okay? And it sets the stage for that when you're out there on your own. It sets the stage for doubt and doubt's cousin, fear. And they lead to indecision, to stalling, and then to major mistakes, it sets the stage for collateral damage because when you come out from that cloud of his presence, when you're out there on your own and when you're doing your own thing, everyone who is following you takes the hit that you're going to take. Your wife, your kids, your friends, those people who are dependent on you, those people in your oikos, that's Greek for your realm of influence, so those that you have a realm of influence with, if you step out away from God and you're moving out on your own and you're not listening and people are telling you, don't do that, don't, don't go there, don't do that, and you do it anyway, everyone who's in your back pocket's going over that cliff with you. And so there's a lot of collateral damage if you get out from that cloud, if you move away from what God, God has for you. I, I, I remember a, 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 a time when there was a young man with so much promise and, and, uh, and, and, and just on fire for God. And, uh, and I was coaching him. And, uh, and, and I told him, I said, just stay where you are. We're going to get you in Bible college and you're going you're, you're, you're gonna to grow and you're gonna just, you're gonna just, we're just going to watch you grow. And, and at, at the right time, God will tell you you know, what he wants you to do and everything else. And, and he was, this was 
I mean, this was all new to him. And, and very shortly after that, he came to me and he said, I, I want to go to this particular town and start a church. And I looked at him and I said, you're not ready for that. You, you, you're not ready. Just please stay and just and, and go to Bible college and, and just mature some more and, and, and get some some experience, a little experience under your belt, even a year or two or something. I'm like, no, 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 no. And he left and he went out on his own and, 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 and did this. He didn't wait to hear from God. He didn't wait for the cloud to move or for the fire to move. And he went and it failed. It collapsed. And it cost him his ministry and it cost him his marriage. And he ended up incarcerated. That means fancy word for in jail. Because he had moved out from the cloud, afar. He didn't wait for God to move and say, okay, now it's time. He didn't stay under that cloud of protection and anointing that God has and tells you, now I've got something. He didn't listen to any counsel. He didn't do it. And it cost him a high price. In 2015, we need to stay under that cover. And your third question is, are you willing to risk doing it on your own? Or will you trust his direction and his timing in your life? Now, what do you bring with you, church, on this journey that we're about to partake. How about bringing God's word and prayer with you in 2015? How about bringing with you something that's not considered as important as it used to be? Commitment to a local church. Doesn't have to be this one. Commitment to, as Billy Graham says, a, a good Bible-believing church. In 2015, you say, well, I, I don't want to commit to a church. <laughs> well, you're going to be coming out from his cloud and his fire because you're going to be out there because scripture says in Hebrews, do not forsake the fellowship. You think God put that in there for no reason at all? You need to be in a local church that can cover you, a pastor that can cover you and people who can pray with you. How about in 2015, as we stay under that cloud and that fire, to become accountable to a small group of people? To say, okay, these guys know me for who I truly am, and I'm going to be accountable to them. How about asking someone to mentor you in 2015, and then if you're given godly, wise counsel, to follow it in 2015? How about asking God for a vision for you and for your oikos, for your family, your realm of influence, your friends, your workspace, and that God would give you vision with attainable goals. How about saying, God, I'm not going to turn you loose. I'm staying under the cloud and the fire, but I want a vision, Lord God. How about bringing a dogged attitude, a hard-headed attitude to look for that pillar of fire and that cloud, and to follow it, and to count on it. We usually start these new years in a, in a haphazard way. 
we're either curious about them, we're wondering, you know, what, what are we going to do? How, how, you know, right? We've, we've all been there. We don't plan. I'm talking spiritually plan. This year, I, I tell y'all that all the time. Many of you have said, let me know what day it is that you want to pray and fast. I'll pray and fast with you. You know, I, I, just a novel idea. June, uh, every Thursday we're going to pray and fast next year. You don't have to tell the whole church. How's that for a thought? We're going to pray and fast every Thursday for a year. What do you think would happen in your life? We're going to commit unless one of us is sick or we have something that's really, really important. We're going to go worship God in His house at our church every Sunday. And we're going to start going on Wednesday so we can learn more. What a novel idea to go to church. Come on, dear ones. Now, y'all know me. I'm not talking about if you're sick or your kids have, you know, I'm talking about just, well, I don't know today. It's kind of, the weather's bad. Ah, well, let's just sleep in today. <laughs> I can see God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Ah, it's kind of, I've been, I'm kind of tired today. Look, you hear them praying, they need you down there. Well, wait till next week. Let's sleep in today. How's that for a novel idea? For 2015. How about this is the year that we're going to start going beyond 10%? Or how about this is the year we're going to tithe 10%? You see, tithe means 10%. It doesn't mean 5 and $10 here and there. That's called Christian giving. And that's good, that's okay, but it's not tithing. God says tithe. That's 10% to Him. That is a step in a journey, guys, believe me. And you heard me teach it a few months ago. We went through it, but how about for those of you who tithe and you say, hey, we're going to go to 11%, we're going to go to 12%, we're going to go to 13%. I'm not, I'm not, because I am a pastor, do you know that 99.9% .9 of the time pastors give more than anybody in the whole church you say man our pastor's rich no they just give crazy they just take God at his word then they look and say oh you dress real real nice Ross dress for less brother God provides someone told me someone told me that yesterday they say you get all these deals man what's the deal well because I'm blessed and highly favored because I tithe. Okay, that's just a novel idea. How about just taking the plunge and say, no matter what, January, we're going to start tithing. I mean, we do, but... Oh, how about this? This year, I am not going to let a grudge or unforgiveness stay with me over... Pick, pick so many days. Over three days. Over two days, I am going to them and saying, Brother Daniel, would you please forgive me? And within that three-day period, I'm asking for forgiveness. Come on, how about that for a novel idea in 2015? It's our choice. What do you want to do in this new space? Who do you want to bring with you? Whose cloud are you going to follow? Because you'll follow one. Please stand in your feet.
Let's pray together. Come on, who wants this to be the best year, the best time, the best journey you've ever had? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Who wants it? Raise your hand. If you don't raise your hand, you're not, come on. Who wants this to be the best year, the best? You look back next year this time and say, my goodness gracious, what happened? Well, I stayed under the cloud and I followed that fire. And I took him with me the whole year and I listened to him in Jesus' name.